Mr. Pop. If you look up Celine Dion, she's got that much crap about herself, you won't get to it for an hour. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Let's be great. Let's be fabulous. Let's be adequate. Let's be, you know, a bit above average if we possibly can. Welcome to Rock and Roll. I'm Kevin Hillier. <clears throat> I will cough and that will make me sound more like Kevin Hillier than the croaky thing I was just sounding like. Here's Mark Fine. Hello, Finey. G'day, Kevin. Happy King's birthday to you. Well, it's probably not to our listeners. The King's birthday will no longer be. And, of course, it wasn't King's birthday for Brian, I don't think. Yeah, and here he is, well, Brian up here, in King, up here in Kingsland, <laughs> right. they've just changed all of the names of all of the street signs, the whole joint. It's all Kingsland now. And I think we discussed this last week and you pointed out this is a total load of bullshit. But, uh, no, life is good in Kingsland. So thank you, Fanny, and thank you, but, Kev. But no public holiday today. Oh, no, 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 it was a big holiday here in, in Kingsland. Um, they were, uh, you know, all had the mats out on the beach, you know, bowing down to the king. Oh, and right. uh, quite frankly, I think we should do it every year. Uh, surprised again that you weren't uh, mentioned in the king's birthday honours list, Finey? Oh, I forgot. Was that out? Mm. Okay. Mm. You're up for a few. What? Yeah. You're up for an, an AYFJ, which Brian was nominated for as well. What? That's, what is an AYFJ, Kev? Are you freaking joking? Um, <laughs> you're a late nomination for a, a WHFO. Yeah, what's that? And, a, and, a, and an OMDB, which I think is probably the one that we're most likely, any of the three of us are most likely to get, not the AC or the OAM or any of that. I think we're more likely to get the OMDB. I'm, I've got I've got an OMDV over Mannix's dumb bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's close. Over Mannix's dead body. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Kevin, did we when we spoke to Wendy Matthews the other day? Yeah, which which all come up in has, Life of Brian. A couple she of weeks. got an OAM. Has she got an Order of Australia medal? Did that come up? Is that am I? Uh, no, I don't think she has. I mean, I stand I, think, I stand to be corrected. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. No, she's we didn't talk to her about now, it. She's a f***ing Canadian. She's a lovely girl. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I don't want to be like, but she's a terrific girl. It's a great song. But, Jesus, where's my order of Australia medal? Well, I was it's looking through the list of notables who got who got, um, who got gonged, either an AM or an AC or a whatever Well, who it is. was it? So let me tell you some of the ones who got it in today's list. And uh, today's the first time, I think, um, that there were more women uh, got gongs than men. Well, that's virtual signalling. Mind you, 50.6% is hardly anything to get too carried away with. It's a bit of the old mayo on top of this one. Barry Humphrey's got the, the top award that you can get, the AC. Absolutely. Unfortunately, posthumously, which, you know. Uh, others who got awards today included... And just, just give me your first thoughts when I say their name. You go first, Brian, then you go second. Tim Winton. Apparently a great uh, writer, uh, wrote some great uh, classic books. I haven't read any of them. I, I think there's been a few movies of them. But I think probably 
a worthy a worthy man. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm happy with that. Bonnie, yeah, so ditto. Haven't read any of his books, but obviously well read and a famous writer. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, three of our top comedy performers in this country: Judith, Lucy, Denise Scott, and Sally Cap. Oh, go f- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Cap, is she the freaking prick that books all the bike lanes in Melbourne? She, she, she's the she's mayor. A Lord Mayor, yes, yes. Well, she, oh, you're right, Ken. She's a fucking comedian. <laughs> she's a fucking joke. You know, she's hot. I'd probably fuck her, but. Oh, Brian. Only if I was really drunk. Yeah. But no, well, like now. Um, but no. That's wrong. Sally Cap does not deserve it. And Judith Lucy, yeah, she's been entertaining. Has she done anything more than I've done? No. Huh? You know, if Judith Lucy gets a freaking Order of Australian Medal, well, I fucking should. Go f*** yourself, <laughs> King Charles. Right then. Um, well, I have had a speech. Sorry, I'm... Not tempering my, uh, not filtering. No, I can tell that. Uh, any thoughts, Funny? I'm pretty sure this pro- this episode's not going to go to air. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least not as we're not 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 the way we're hearing it. Um, uh, also, mentioned, I'll go through some of the others: uh, Maxine McHugh, Marina Pryor, Curtis Stone, um, Helen Wellings. Right, that's the joke. What? Curtis Stone. Right. He worked. What's he years. done? He worked for three minutes in a kitchen. Is a celebrity chef because he's good looking. He's and and he's the spokesperson for Coles All Natural Great Food, which is the greatest myth. Curtis Stone deserves. He gets paid very well for doing all. He certainly doesn't need an order of Australia. He needs a and he needs a good clip behind the ears. Is what he needs. Adding on to that, uh, Fanny. Didn't he have a start out with the, him and his mate? They were surfers doing a cooking show. Yep. And then he just ditched the mate and took all the glory himself. No, I'm yep. not happy. I, I agree with you on that. And Marina Pryor, fair dinkum. Like, she's a very talented girl. But has she ever done it hard? You know, you get these jobs in theatre, you pay a huge amount of money to rehearse. You know, go and join a f***ing rock band. You know, no, Marina's terrific. She's a great singer. But come on. She's no, never had awesome. to do it hard in her life at all. No, get Right. She's uh, too talented. She's too talented to have done it hard. Well, there you go. You don't have to do it hard. Well, there's, you know, just because you're right doesn't mean that I have to agree. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just rebating that hook for you, funny. Hang on, I'll just, I'll just read that and put that out there. I think we've got the little. I think we've got the little angry manix doll working the show tonight. Uh, also, uh, Narelda Jacobs, Pamela Rabe, and Ben Elton. Ben Elton, well, he's a he's now. Um, well, there, there's your Wendy Matthews argument down the shooter. Yeah, look, no, look, Ben Elton. I think I really respect Ben Elton. You know, he directed me in We Were Rock You and he's yep. terrific. But is he a better Australian than, Come on, you know, say it. 
than me. No. Correct. I knew you'd say <laughs> Well, I didn't want to. I thought it was a little bit, you know, indulgent, but ah, get um, um, Yeah, but Ben's a great guy and he's very talented, all the work he did with Blackadder, but that was work when he was an English person. He hasn't really done, you know, go and have a look at six festivals. Not, not a great movie. Um, so well, he's not didn't his Tonight Show last about a minute and a half here, from memory? Yeah. Now, Pamela Gray, can you tell me about her, Kev? Pamela Ray, the actress in, uh, in oh, Went- Wentworth, um, the terrific actress. You, uh, you, if you saw her, you'd know exactly who I'm talking about. Tall, striking, probably middle-aged, 50-ish woman. Um, I didn't watch Wentworth, so I don't know what character she played, but I, I've seen her in a couple of movies and stuff. She's a very good actress, exceptionally good actress. Body? Are you happy with Pamela Ray getting the OIM? I don't know no. what she whether she got. I don't know who she is. There you go. There'll be people listening to this. I've never seen Wentworth. Yeah, I've seen be, Wentworth Park. <laughs> there'll be exactly the fifth at Wentworth. Um, no, she wasn't running in that. So be, what we're hearing here, Kev, mm. is that neither me nor Finey have any recollection of Pamela Ray's work. And yet she is oh, of a No, well, that's my fault because if I could tell you, she was I mean, she was definitely in um, in Wentworth and was one of the major characters in Wentworth. I watched a couple of episodes, but not much. Um, but she's been in many, many Australian films, many, many Australian stage productions. Um, she's a she's a much um, a revered actor, actress, actor uh, in Australia. So no, she she deserves to be uh, to be acknowledged. Absolutely. Well, what about what about a bloke that sold half a million records? He's been in three, four theatre shows. He's written and directed theatre. He's acted in movies, one of Australia's best movies. What about giving him a go? Who? That'd be me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, you know, it's a fair dinkum. I'm not. I'm not pumping myself up here, but I am. You're doing a good but, job. You know. Well, I'm. I'm doing my best. But um, no, seriously, Marina Price. She's worked in theatre. She's been successful. Great. Good on you, Marina. Gavin OIM. But fair income. You know, you go and join a rock band, start from nothing, build it up into something that is a national freaking. You know, it's it's. Everybody in the country knows about your little shitty thing that you built by yourself. Then you go and act. You act in one of Australia's best movies, Chopper. You freaking do all this shit. You freaking do so much work for freaking charity. And you got Pamela Ray. Well, hang on, hang on a minute. Angry Brian, settle for a second because I think you actually have to. uh, There's a there's a there's a whole thing that happens here. I think where um, uh, someone nominates you, you don't. They don't just like Charles isn't sitting in England going through the yellow pages, going or the white pages, going. Ah, we're we're up to him now. Oh, Mannix, yes, Brian, yes. You know what? I've just thought about it. Yeah. I'm going to nominate you. Yeah, well, there you so someone has to nominate you, and you've got to go through this oh, well, whole procedure of nominating I'm, people. I'm going. I'm going to nominate you. Do you want to be nominated? I want to be nominated. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty oh, years in radio. <laughs> oh, oh, god! You know, you've no. got my friends. 
Brian, Kevin's done radio for 50 years. We could nominate him. I reckon well, we'd get him over. Okay. am, Kev. You're right, you're right Fonny. Kev deserves an OAM. Well, no, I'd get an AMFM, wouldn't I? Wouldn't that be what you'd give a radio bloke? Surely. <laughs> yeah, and you're Very award. I, I, let's uh, nominate Kevin. No, let's not. Um, well, next year, I think, well, finally, you've abused a lot of people late <laughs> at night after the footy. Surely yeah, well, you deserve an OAM for that. I think all three of us deserve an OAM. I've got, to, I've got a few skeletons in the cupboard. I'd rather just stay private. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the skeletons that make you worthy of getting an you know, OAM. Well, I mean, one of the skeletons is doing this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to be quiet for a while now so you guys can be sensible. No, no, there won't be any of that. I mean, none of that sensible talk. Um <laughs> Yeah, well, no, uh, yeah, it's just interesting who uh, who gets them and who doesn't. But yeah, you, I think there's a big, it's a big process you have to go through when you nominate someone. I've never nominated anyone, but I know I've been I've been rung by people and asked about people who I and I'm assuming that it was to do with them being nominated for one of those awards, given the department that called me to sort of say, uh, could you uh, tell us about your relationship with you know X Y Z? And you know, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. What's what's this about? And they say, oh, we can't say too much. It's either a you know scam, a credit check, an ex-wife, or um, a knighthood. One well, of that's, those. that's um, did Michael Voss get honoured? <laughs> oh, he might get. A, the, the, are they giving out the Kyber passes? Is that a? Uh, he's about. He's. A, I, I'm not sure he'll last the end of the month. I actually think, Kev, that you probably deserve the OAM. Oh no, I don't. Ahead of more than me. And definitely ahead of Finey because he just abused people <laughs> after the footy. Um, but yeah, you should have an OAM, Kev. Hang on, who's the who's the person? Hang on, one of your skeletons is on this podcast. Who's that? Mannix. What? I'm what talk- are you talking? I'm talking to Finey. No, just doing the podcast. Oh, right. Okay. One of your skeletons is this podcast. I'm with you now. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, they'll go through the list. I'll go, Hillier. Oh yeah, bit of charity work here for yeah. Oh no, Radio Fifty Years. Yeah, sorry, he does what? The Rock and Roll Podcast. Are you let's serious? Have a listen to that. No, let's have a listen. <laughs> and the thing they hear is we've, Brian, we've, it's Brian all just... been confirmed. It's all been confirmed. We just need to rubber stamp it. Let's listen to his latest work. Just to maybe we can upgrade him. What's better than an OAM? <laughs> an AC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's give, yeah, him we'll a... give him an order of Australia. <laughs> we'll listen to his current work. It might even elevate him further. <laughs> They'll listen to five minutes of it. <laughs> Look, Get I him think off, the Colin! whole point of an OAM it's perseverance to entertain other people, and mm. I. I've persevered trying to entertain other people, and unfortunately, other people have had to really persevere to listen to my entertainment. Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, now, we'll get to the chart. The 1996, so what we've done here is I've, I've grabbed the top 50 singles from the ARIA chart of 1996. We don't delve into the 90s often, and you'll see why. <sighs> Number 10. You're Making Me High by Tony Braxton. Number nine, What's Love Got to Do With It? Warren G featuring Adina Howard. Number eight, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Number seven, Missing Everything But the Girl. 
Number six, One of Us by Joan Osborne. Number five, Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Number four, How Bizarre, OMC. Number three, Because You Love Me by Celine Dion. Number two, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. And number one is the Macarena, the remix by Los Del Rio. And they're the, they're the ten good ones or the ten top ones. So you can imagine as we filter down through the layers of this particular chart, we hit all kinds of um, food groups. It is a it is a nineteen ninety six a black year for the bulldogs. I think we finished close to the bottom. If we, we nearly went belly up, had a new president come in, and uh, I finished last in the tips in the tipping competition in that year. I'm very close to doing the same thing this year. Uh, and uh, musically, nineteen ninety six was bloody awful. Yes, I think it was a great decade. You know, I couldn't get arrested in the 1990s because I was an 80s pop star, so you were just daggy and, no, you're no good because you're from the 80s. And, okay, fair enough, I accept that, you know, uh, music moves and it, it, it transgresses and moves on. However... <laughs> What they came up with in the 1990s was total shit and they should have let people like me and Dale Ryder and that just continue our career rather than shut the thing down and put all these crappy bands together which were made by record companies and just rubbish. So anyway, I'm being quiet again now. No, no, no. It kind of always amazes me when I – when people talk about '90s music and they talk about it in such a romantic way and, and such a you know a gleeful way, it's like oh wow the '90s I'm a real, I love the '90s music. And then you actually look at the charts and you go, hang on a minute, I, I, I can understand because we all gravitate to the music of, of our sort of teens into our early twenties. That's the music that becomes kind of the blueprint of us in many ways. But by Jesus, yep. if you're growing up in the '90s, I'm buggered if I know. When I look at this chart, and not because I'm, you know, an older bloke now, but even when I was playing the stuff on the radio, there was nothing that was going, "Whoa, Kev, have a get get some of this India." The nineties would ne- were never for me a golden musical era, and the more I look at it, the less I see any um, lasting thing. And you, finally, you're the you're the youngest of us three. Were the nineties golden for you or not? Oh no, it was the start of some good stuff and. I wasn't really into grunge, so there, look, there's a, a little bit there, but you know, when you compare it to the brilliance of the seventies, there was some sort of quantum changing music in the eighties. Look, every decade's got its points, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree with that, but there doesn't seem to be as much. Where you where well, you every look- decade, the older we get, the less we like change. So, you know. But in that in that top ten, there's nothing really in that top ten at all where you go, oh wow! I mean, killing uh, the macaroni is a novelty song. Killing me softly is a cover version. Celine Dion. No, no, no. There's not not much to recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, we'll get to that shortly. Um, Now, other things: uh, the Test cricket championship, Australia beat India fairly comprehensively in the end. Um, Watched a bit of it. Enjoyed it. Powerhouse. Powerhouse stuff by the Aussies. They really controlled the, the whole match. Very good. Yeah. Oh, it was very good. Travis Head was terrific with the bat. Um, yeah. Alex Carey was it. good. I love Head. 
Yes, who doesn't? Um, and and I think his um, statistics. He's he's um, a really, you know, in the the world batting order. Travis Head's about fifth or sixth. He's ahead of Smith and other people. Yeah, no, he's had a he's had terrific twenty four months. Well, we all have a head job, so well done, Travis Head. Very good. Good win to the Aussies, and uh, now the Ashes will be the next big test uh, against uh, the Poms. Interesting. Uh, that 2019 series seems so much longer ago than what it was. It's only that's the last time that we um, went against them, and uh, it'll be, it's going to be an interesting series, very interesting yep. series. Uh, now, the tennis news around was uh, Novak Djokovic, 23rd Grand Slam, passes uh, Rafa, um, Wins the French Open, and now is he the greatest player of all time, Viney? Yeah, I guess so. Is he the most disliked greatest player of all time, or will we see the same thing oh, happen to know. him that happened to Agassi, McEnroe, you know, to a lesser degree Hewitt and a few of those who were bad boys when they were younger, got through to the end of their career and then everyone started to love them? Yeah, look, I mean, he's a great player, but... Tennis is rubbish, so who cares? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, now the footy. Let's talk about the footy. Another. Uh, Let's talk about the racing first. The racing? Horse racing. Yes. Oh, have you ever had something bad happen to you that it's so bad that every time you, you sort of forget it and then you remember it and you just go, f***ing hell. Four times today, I was just with Nat driving in the car, and I just had, I just couldn't, I just had this memory flashback. In the end, she goes, What's the matter? What's going on? Uh, Because I kept saying, Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, yesterday, we closed on four o'clock on Sundays down at the deli, and we were going out for dinner at six o'clock. Had a booking, I think, at 6 30, I think, for dinner. So, I thought, Oh, well, I've got. An hour to kill. So, um, well, North were playing GWS, I think. So I just went to the pub. Also, Melbourne Storm was on. So I mm. thought I could watch a bit of North. Playing Cronulla. And just have a couple of bets. You know, just really not take it too seriously. So come to the last race at the Sunshine Coast, and I did the form. There's a certain thing I look for in the form. I always look for And that is... If a horse is first or second up and then got a bit of form first or second up, you know, I like second up especially. Yeah. As long as they haven't won first up. Anyway, last race at Sunshine Coast, the top weight was called Keita, K-E-T-T-A. I just went, I think, I, I don't know, I put 50 bucks in. I'd already had 13 on something, 10 on something. Anyway, there was $22 left. At 22 the win on this thing, Keita. It's got up $31 it was. Oh, nice. Got up by a nose. Nice. Waiting to collect, waiting, waiting, protest. Uh oh. And I watched this race. The thing that ran second came from miles back, just missed it on the line. I thought, well, there can't be a protest second against first because, I mean, anyhow, protest upheld. I've watched that race three times, four times afterwards. I've shown it to blokes in the pub who've got no idea why the protest was even put in, let alone upheld. And then all day I've just been thinking about it. That's six hundred and fifty bucks that was. No. <clears throat> that's um that's not good. Yeah, so yeah, very pissed off. 
Oh, well, I don't blame you. There I don't you blame you at all. Uh, now let's talk about the footy. Okay. Um, the, the the tribunal uh, and the and the, the bumping and the tackling and the thing, are we going to, uh, at the end of this season, have a blueprint by the time we get to the end of this season? We're, we're kind of, it strikes me, we're making this up as we go along in terms of, oh, no, you, you can do that one, but no, you can't do that one. Or, or you can do that one. Or you can do a version of that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, but don't throw him to the ground and you'll be Are we in the middle of actually by the end of the season knowing what you can do when you tackle, what you can do when you bump, and what you can do when you run onto a football field? So as everyone knows, or are we still in this quagmire of muddy kind of – the mud's all on the windscreen and the wipers are trying to get it off, but it ain't becoming any clearer any quickly? Or am I, am I wrong here? Well, you know, the, the AFL's just desperately trying to, you know, they're closing the, the stable door when the horse has already bolted because this class action against them for head trauma is going to happen whether they like it or not. Correct. And no rules that they can bring in now can change that class action. Now, we got told very clearly that the bump, you can bump, but even if as a result of your bump a player accidentally hits his head, then you're in big trouble. So players stop bumping. Now, that tackle by Dan Butler on Nick Blakey, take away that I'm a St Kilda support because most people think this was a very good tackle. Yeah, it was. Just Blakey wasn't ready. He's a fairly flimsy player. Unluckily, his head hit the ground. St Kilda's appealed the one-week ban and it's it's going to be up to the AFL to restore some sanity or the tribunal to restore some sanity and uphold his appeal because a player who tackles properly cannot be penalised for the aftermath. All right, we've decided that you can for the bump, yep. but you cannot take the tackle out of the game. You can, you know, you can legislate against bumping. Well, fair enough. Um, the game goes on, but the game does not go on if you can't tackle. Yep. And I keep saying this, the more you make, the more you legislate things to make something safer, in fact, the less safe it becomes because when I played football, you were always taught to protect yourself, you know. You knew that there was – you had to protect your body, so you turned your body, whatever. I, the reckless manner in which players play the game now is a direct result of rewarding players for getting hurt in tackles because yep. players like getting free kicks. So when they made the head sacrosanct, players were going in head first. I remember Alex Rance early in his career was just uh, – a kamikaze trying to get high tackle player. Yeah. Now they brought that back because they said if you duck your head, it's not a free. And that is a rule that protects players, even though overtly it looks like it doesn't. If you say that players, when they get tackled, if their head hits the ground, get a free kick, then players, as soon as they feel the tackle, are throwing themselves earthwards. Yep. So it has the contrary effect. It's just. You know, the AFL has to look at the net result of what they do. And by the way, I was having this discussion with my family today. My wife doesn't know that much about footy. My daughters do know about football. And they're asking how we got to this situation. And I said, it it's because the AFL is very reactionary and desperately driven by the dollar. And it was the dollar that drove them to this obsession with making the game more attractive 
primarily as a TV spectacle. Yeah, correct. Because that's where all the money is. And, of course, to get bums on seats at the ground. And they just decided in listening to talk back over the years that fans wanted fast-moving, attractive football with high scores. And to that end, they built Marvel Stadium with a roof on it and put the ground on a car park. <laughs> and they got rid of suburban grounds and every new ground has world-class drainage. So even if it rains, unless there's a torrential downpour while the game's going on, there's no surface water and there's no mud on any grounds. Yep. Now, the game of Australian rules football is extremely dangerous on a hard surface. I've umpired on hard surfaces as a kid and a young man. I played on hard surfaces, but they hard surfaces were very rare back in the day and are very rare around the suburbs during winter. I hope they are. But you know, when it's hard, it's such a different game to when the ground's soft and wet. So if you get tackled to the ground on a soft surface, it's ninety-five percent safer than what AFL footballers play on. Yep. Throw in the professionalism that now has AFL football is all incredibly strong and fast. And it's a recipe for disaster, but it's out of the stupidity of being obsessed with playing it on pristine rock hard surfaces. Yep. They tricked up the uh, they tricked up the board to make it faster and they did. It worked. Yeah. You cannot play Australian rules football safely in a car park. You can't play it on concrete. It's just not a safe game no. to play on a hard surface. It's not it, basketball for f- sake. And, the thing, the and they don't for, understand it. The thing for me is, right, you're getting $800,000 a year to play football. And to no, you're not. Where, where, where do you get that rubbish from, Brian? <laughs> well, what do you, what do you mean? Joking? Who's getting 800000 are you, getting 10, are you getting ten million dollars a year to play music? <laughs> I wish I was. Well, one out of players this year. Well, one out of one out of players gets eight hundred thousand. Oh, well, let's call it five hundred thousand. No, let's call it what it is. About three. What is it? No, it's about four. All right, about four hundred. Yeah. The, the, okay, the average is about four because because you've got one point two up here and you've got two hundred and fifty down the bottom. All right, you've got 400,000. Four? Oh, look, can we agree on 400,000? Yeah, but for how many years of your life? Yeah, true. But hang on, hang on. Why are you getting 400,000? You're getting 400,000 because there is a risk to your health. No, you're you not getting 400,000 because there's people me, paying to watch your play. Like, it's a bit like, oh, the, the player got a dog in the head. It's like saying, oh, our soldier got shot. That's outrageous. When you sign out to be a soldier, you have a chance of being shot. When you sign out to be a footballer, you know, that's your choice. You might get injured because it's a tough game. So don't have a sook up about it later because, oh, I only got $400,000 a year and I hurt my head. You know, give us a break. You know, no, that's, that's wrong, bro. That's wrong, right. Brian. No, no, it's about quality well, of life, Brian. It's not about rubbish. the money. Brian, talk to talk to Danny Frawley's family or Shane Tuck's family about it. Yep. Well, that's depression, isn't it? Of course it is. It's 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 brain acquired injury. 
Well, like yeah, it. okay. But you know, if I if I if I've got a son going into football right now, you gotta say, well, you know, this is a not this is a chance that this will happen. You know, it's like if you join up and be a, a soldier, there is a chance that you'll be in a war and you might get shot. Um, you know, to assume that you can play football for 10 years and never be injured and never have anything walk away from that, that's why we pay you so much money to play the game because it is dangerous. And, you know, it's like if you're, you know, you're doing, you know, a high building thing, you get paid danger money because you might fall off and die. How about all the blokes playing the VFL, the Waffle, the Sandful, trying to make it? But they don't do it because they're forced to. They do it because they want to. Yeah, but I'm just saying. So well, you choose to do something that might injure you. Like, you know, if I decide I'm going to be a rock climber and then I fall off, and hurt myself. Well, that was my choice. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but hang on, hang on. Are you a professional rock climber getting paid to do that? And there's OH and S issues, and all that comes into that now because it's no longer running around the the park with your mates um, uh, as a sport. It's it's your livelihood. It's your living. It's it's what you do. So all the things that come with that now have to be factored into uh, any contract between uh, someone who plays. Football for the in the AFL competition and the AFL, and that comes with all but those things. Of, but the I'd choice agree. of your live, the choice of your livelihood puts you in a dangerous situation. You Hang on, I'd agree with what you're saying. If you're you getting well paid for it, no, so. I'd agree with what you say. Well, I agree with you if you're talking about boxing. But don't tell me that football. When I played football, there was never any thought of it being. A sport that caused permanent brain damage. No, that, no, don't tell me that footballers have to make a decision and decide. You know what? I could end up with permanent brain damage, but I'm going to play it anyhow. That football is not that sort of game. Yeah, you always had the option that you're going to do a posterior cruciate ligament. You're going to do your shoulder. There was always a yeah, potential yeah, that's, of that's danger not, with playing AFL. Football now, okay. The brain no thing is, is important, but it's no different to any other danger that's always been there with football. I would think. No, that's no. No one's ever going to sue the AFL for doing their knee, or I guess Luke O'Sullivan did because of the state of the ground. But post your career, there's hundreds of players that get injured, but they don't sue. For leg injuries or shoulder injuries. Well, so what's the but, difference between a knee injury and a head injury? They're both caused by the same game. No, because so, the players in the past are saying that they were just put back on the field without yeah. proper medical, without proper. And they were, and we saw it. We watched that. We watched that happen every week. But how many players? The players used to know, come off the cast and they'd be back people, on in five minutes. But there are people that have played with a broken leg and a broken arm in a quarter. Now, so what you're saying is we've got selective, you know, it's like, oh, it's okay to play with a broken shoulder or to break your shoulder, do your ankle, do your leg, but if anything happens to your head, oh, well, f let's sue. Now, that's, yep, that's correct. inconsistent to me. 
Well, it might be inconsistent to you, but it's not inconsistent to the players that it's happened to, to the lawyers or to the AFL, because they all know that it's a very serious issue. Because yeah, but your leg is, gets better because your leg heals and your shoulder heals. But well, does the shoulder ever heal completely? I doubt it. And what what I what I'm my issue here is that you're being selective. It's okay to get an injury with your ankle, your knee, your shoulder, but if something happens to your head, oh, then we can sue. That doesn't make sense. You've got to be consistent. So if I can sue for a head injury, then surely I can sue for a knee injury because the ground was no good or because – Yeah, that's the ground. That's, that's I just, I just think it's inconsistent. All right. Well, you'll, you know what you'll get for a knee injury? Go ahead. Go through the whole process. You'll, you'll get 10 grand. I don't care about the money. I – and – you know, and, I, and obviously, Finey, you know far more about football than I do, and so do you, Kev. But I just can't see that, oh, we've got to protect the head, but we don't give a f*** about the shoulder, the, the, the knee, the ankle, or any other injury that happens to anybody, the depression that the game causes. All we give a shit about is the head. The brain. Well, no, that's not the head, the brain. Crazy mm. me. Yeah. The brain. Yeah, well, what about depression? Isn't that the brain as well? Isn't isn't doesn't the knee injury gonna you know you can't walk properly for the rest of your life? Isn't that gonna affect your brain? I don't know. I just think you can't be selective as to what injuries are acceptable and what ones aren't. Right. And okay, we're not accepting brain injuries, but we're accepting every other injury. That seems crazy. Okay, well, let's finish that there and uh, recap the tips now from last week. Now, in the normal tipping competition, uh, it was a dismal week for all of us. Um, uh, finally topped the uh, the count this week with a mammoth four. Okay, there was only, what was there, uh, eight games. So four out of eight. Not exactly, uh, not going to mow over uh, at a million miles now. So it takes you to 81, finally. Brian and I each got three. Uh, so Brian goes to 68 and I go to 70. So it's 81, 70 and 68. Now where it gets a little juicier is when we get into the Lenny's Fine Foods SP tipping competition where a few things happened that <laughs> totally out of whack with the rest of the uh, the competition. Um, out of a possible 33, I got 12. Woohoo! From three games. I got a point. I got a point for Adelaide. I got seven for Richmond, and I got four for GWS, and nothing for the others. Out of a possible score of thirty-five, finally you got eighteen. You got St Kilda home. You got Port Adelaide home. You got the Adelaide point, and then you picked up uh, six for Melbourne beating Collingwood in the end today. Here comes your man. And out of a possible 51. Now, the maximum the maximum that you could get of every single roughy got up, you could get 55. But, Brian, your maximum score possible for this round was 51. Mm-hmm. And you got a competition high 26. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you got the St Kilda. I think I know about footy. I'm all over it. <laughs> you got St Kilda, you got Hawthorne, you got Adelaide. Uh, no, sorry, you didn't get Adelaide. You picked the West Coast. You missed out on the nine there. Uh, you got the seven for Richmond. You got the four for the Bombers, and you got the and you missed on the 
uh, Collingwood game. So you got uh, 26, which takes you to 48. Finey's on 32, and I'm on 24. God, am I struggling. Anyway. I'm very keen to hear what the um, the actual so – there will be points allocated to the other competition from this competition. Depends Is how much right? you win by, Mannix. <laughs> Finey and I Finey and I'll have a meeting. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out well for me, but um, I think it'll work out I, just fine for you. I don't think that <laughs> it, would, it, it would be derelict of us to give you enough points to put you in front. That would that's not going to happen, but we'll work something out. You certainly put me even with you, Kev. But anyway, um, well, at the very least, all right, you, yeah, well, I'll, least take whatever, I'll take whatever's coming my way. That's right. fine. Six games this weekend, another one of those shortened uh, weekends uh, for footy. We start Thursday night again, Port Adelaide up against Geelong. This one's being played at Adelaide Oval on Thursday night. Uh, I don't think you can tip against Port Adelaide at the moment, and I'm certainly not going to. So uh, in this traditional one, I'm going for Port. Finey? Port. Brian? I wanted to go for Port, but we're not the project, so I'm going to go for Geelong. Geelong. Okay. Now we go to the juicy bits. Here we dangle. There's not as many, not as many big fat juicy carrots to dangle this week because the games are a bit more even. So uh, if you pick Port Adelaide, you get three points. If you pick Geelong, Brian, you get seven. All right. So you're going the Geelong option? Yeah, I'm going for the Geelong. Okay. I'm sticking with uh, Port Adelaide for the three. I don't think the Cats are playing that well, to be honest. I think I'm an idiot. But, you know, there we go. That's all right. I'll stick with Port. Uh, Finey, where are you going? Oh, yeah, Port. Port? Okay. Brisbane, coming off a loss, take on Sydney, uh, and they played the Gabba on Friday night. Don't like either of their form, but Brisbane will, uh, I think, get up for me. Finey? Brisbane. Mr Mannix? No doubt, Brisbane. They'll be embarrassed after what happened last week. Right, and I'll stick with Brisbane. Uh, only two points if you pick Brisbane. Eight if you go for Sydney. I'm going to take the two for Brisbane. Finey, what are you doing? Brisbane. Two for Finey. And uh, Brian, what are you going to do? Are you going to hang out I'll there, take, take the carrot? Sydney, no doubt. Absolutely. Jump me in. So you're taking the Sydney? Yeah, for the for that's the Finey's f- fine yep. foods. That's it, Lenny's uh, fine foods. Yeah, absolutely. Sydney for sure. Okay. I t- they're that bad. Yeah. They can. I'm not sure about Brisbane. Game number three for the weekend, Saturday afternoon at Giant Stadium. GWS will play Fremantle. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, I'll go with GWS at home, not with any great conviction whatsoever. Finey? Fremantle. Frio on the road. And Mr Mannix? I'm with Finey. Um, Fremantle are embarrassed after last week. They should have beaten Richmond at home, and they didn't. So now their whole season's in jeopardy, so they will come out firing. All right. Now, if you pick them in the, uh, in the juicy one, you get four points. GWS will get you six. Where are you going, Brian? Well, I want um, Frio in the juicy one, and I want uh, GWS in the, in the proper one. Hang on. Actually, no, I'll have Frio in both. Frio in both, okay. Right. Finey? Frio in both. Frio in both. I'm going GWS in both. Probably silly. Richmond, back in form. Take on your mobs and kill the MCG Saturday night. Oh, blockbuster game. This one now. Um, 
Oh, there's a few things going on in Richmond that have been a bit unsavoury over the last couple of days. But anyway, we'll gloss over that. Um, oh God, I, I don't trust. I don't trust either of these two teams yet. Uh, oh, at the MCG, I'm going to keep. I'm going to tip St Kilda in the normal one, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do in the other one. Finey, you go on the Saints. You go on the Tigers. Yeah, I reckon we play well at the G. I'll go the Saints. Okay. And uh, Brian, uh, uh, what have we got? We got Saints, Richmond, and... and St Kilda at the MCG Saturday night. In the proper one, I will go Richmond. And then, uh, but... if we look at the points, if you pick it, no, it's a split. It's a five-five, so it doesn't. You get the same points whichever. So, oh, okay. Well, um, no, I'm going to split it anyway. I'll go Richmond in the proper one, and. Uh, St Kilda in Finey's Fine Foods. Right. Okay. Which one? What are you doing here? You going to St Kilda both, Finey? Yes? He's a f***ing troublemaker, that man. <laughs> <laughs> He's done that as a tactic, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <it's> a tactic. <laughs> um, so I've got to go for oh, – I'll go for Richmond in the other one. Richmond in the other one, Okay. <laughs> So you get the five points, whichever way. Uh, but, but you get five points of Richmond, get up. Uh, Carlton. I don't t- even think why you're distressed by my choices, Finey. Um, <laughs> how is it a tactic? Uh, if, if it is, I really want to know so I can do it again next week. Well, because you don't want anyone to catch you. So you knew I was tipping St Kilda, so you've... you've- uh, okay. Oh, we've got, uh, we've got a bit of um, uh, vote me off the island strategy going on here, I think. Uh, <laughs> Carlton Carlton take on the Gold Coast. This is the MCG Sunday afternoon at 10 past one. Oh, there'll be two and a dog there for that. That'll be a massive blockbuster, that. Um, Carlton and Gold Coast. I think Gold Coast can win this. Jeez. Yeah, I'll pick the Suns. Uh and I'll pick them in both. Uh, well, no, I'll get to the, the point spread in a minute. Uh, Finey, Carlton or Gold Coast? Gold Coast. Gold Suns, okay. Brian, your boys or the first? Um, this is for the, the proper one. Yeah, proper one first. Um, Traditional. Gold Coast for the proper one, although I think really Carlton should be so embarrassed about their form that they will come out fired up this week. But. I just don't like them. So, um, and Gold Coast is my second team. So, Gold Coast for me in both. Oh, oh in both. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, do you want to know how many points you get for picking the Gold Coast in the uh, in the Lenny's Fine yes, Foods? You get five. Yes, it's a split game. The book, okay. Well, the, the bookies come down both. with a split one with this one. So, um, I'm going Gold Coast in both. You're going Gold Coast in both. Finally, are you going Gold Coast in both? I'll go for Carlton in the other one. In the other one. Okay. Five points if that gets up. Now, North Melbourne take on the Western Bulldogs. This one's at Marvel Stadium, 4.40 on Sunday afternoon. I'm picking the Bulldogs, but I'm telling you, we're not playing that well, and uh, we need – my God, they're a nice football side, the Bulldogs. I wish they had a bit more grunt in them. Uh, Who are you picking, Finey? Bulldogs. And Mr. Mannix. North Melbourne. Okay. Now, it's eight points for North Melbourne and two points for the Dogs. I'm uh, I'm going to take my two points for the dogs, Finey. Dogs. Dogs for your two points, and uh, yeah, I'll have the two points. I'll have the two points for the dogs. 
You're a bastard. You're going to take the eight look points. Look at him protecting North. Protecting his lead. <laughs> um, I'll have um, and I'll have North for both. Thanks, Kev. Are oh, you have North? Thank for, you. You're gonna have North for both. Now, don't you know? Why? Just... How could I pick North for one point and then not pick them for eight? It's just ridiculous. I have to pick them for both. So it's ridiculous that you're leading this competition. <laughs> yeah, correct? Bloody oath it is. <laughs> this competition is the best competition, football competition ever devised. And well done to you, Finey, because if I'm I can win it, I'm in it. Now, be I good. Why, now I know why it doesn't exist. <laughs> okay, so uh, just let me do this. Uh, fifteen. Uh, what's that? Fifteen, six, twenty-one, thirty-one. It's thirty-nine. So thirty-nine is the maximum if all the ruffies get up for the round. Brian, you can score a maximum this round of thirty-eight. If all Good yours, on me. if all yours get up, you get thirty-eight. Fine. If uh, if yours get up, you get twenty-one. And if all mine get up, I get 23. Mm. So uh, we need Mannix to fall over really badly to make an impression on uh, on his almost unassailable lead at the top. But uh, this is the kind of competition where it can change very quickly. Very quickly. Mm. All right, Brian, it's time for the death, Eliza. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't be alarmed if you have epilepsy, or a weak heart, please turn off this podcast right now because it's time for Now, Brian, you've discovered that someone, there's a radio show doing a Death Eliza segment, is there? I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Tricks. <laughs> yeah, um, I think somebody sent me a message saying that Uzi, I think, on Fox FM, Yeezy, mate, yeah, with that great voice. It was really entertaining for about 10 minutes. That's annoying the f*** out of everybody. Um, yeah, they've got a death, Eliza. You know, I stole this first from the late show. Yes. And um, now they're stealing it off me. So and I have I, to say, I, I we, a little bit we, we did say from the get-go that we stole this. There's, we, we weren't ever claiming that it was an original... Um, you know, no, that rock and roll creation. We did steal it from the late show, so because they were doing about you know road toll and you know so forty six people killed on the roads a day, and then there was Aboriginal deaths, and the the deathalizer didn't move, so they didn't rate that. That was pretty raunchy comedy, uh, if if it's comedy, but edgy, um, yeah, edgy, yeah. Uh, but you know, it was. It, I don't think it was meant with any malice, but no. um, I, I think it was a uh, a comment on the way Australian media works. But anyway, we had the death Eliza second, and now Fox <laughs> FM's obviously I, I, ripping I, off our show, and um, you know we'll find just out. Can't afford pay us to just steal our ideas. We'll get to the bottom of it now. In the death Eliza this week, uh, there's only three ones. A horse again. Fields of Omar passed away. Wonderful, oh. wonderful. Cox Plate winning horse, owned by a mate of uh, yours and mine, Finey and Brian Martin, who oh, who, oh, who I have to say love that horse like I've never seen anyone love a horse in my life. He would go out to yeah. Legends every weekend just about and feed it and uh, and look after oh, it when they put it out there. 
Theon loved that horse. Yes, he did, and he's posted uh, uh, several posts on social media about how you know upset he is. Uh, Twenty-five years of age, and I remember, I remember vividly. I was watching the Cox Plate when uh, I think it won the second of the Cox Plates, and he actually jumped out of the broadcast box and climbed down to get to, to get to the uh, the presentation area so as he could be there when the horse came in. Um, absolutely loved that horse, and uh, it was a bloody good horse too. Um, but a lot of people won a lot of money on that horse, I must say. Uh, Raleigh Rasik died at the age of 87. He uh, he has an OAM or had an OAM. Uh, Socceroos coach back in 1974. Hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Who got an OAM? Raleigh Rasik. I said he got an OAM many, many years ago. He died at the age of 87 this week. He was a Socceroos coach back in the 1970s, took us to the World Cup, um, started at uh, Footscray Just. Um, played there uh, when he uh, emigrated right. to the country. He's in the Sports I'm Australia totally, Hall of Fame. He he got the 1974 team into the World Cup. Yep, he did. Oh, uh, well, I you know, that's a very sad moment. No, he's a great Australian. Well done. Thank you. And you're Raleigh Rasek. And uh, the final one in the uh, in the death of this week is uh, Astrid Gilberto, who passed away at the age of 83 and is that absolutely magnificently haunting voice on the original hit version of The Girl from Ipanema, one of the, one of the really lovely vocals of all time. She made uh, about $120 from it. Uh, she was the wife of one of the people involved in the recording she session. She drive off me one crazy night, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, and thanks to Rachel for sending me through some information on this. Um, she got paid, uh, the, the going rate for singing on her song was 120 bucks. so they gave her 100 they said 120 bucks, and apparently the saxophonist who was there playing on the song cracked the shits and said, she shouldn't get paid anything, she's not a proper singer. Um because she was the wife of one of the recording engineers or one of the people behind the song. Um, but absolutely beautiful, beautiful um, uh, vocal on that song. It's a haunting song, a classic song. Um, I'm it's told. It's a very strange vocal. Oh, it's you know, beautiful. a lot of people these days would oversing the shit out of it. And she's just tight on the stung and tan and She's right on the beat. And um, well done, and uh, a great life. And, and she uh, only got the gig to do it because she was the only person in the in the studio who could actually sing it. They decided they wanted to do an English version of it because they'd done the 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 other version of it, and they decided they wanted to do an English version. She was the only one who could sing it in English, so she got the gig after they got a bloke to do the English lyrics. Uh, she got the gig because she's the only one who could do it. So, second most recorded pop song of all time behind "Yesterday" by the Beatles. So that's the death. I would have been able to sing it in English, and um, I probably would have had that older Australian medal had I sung that song. Damn. Every chance. Uh, That's the death, Eliza Bryan. There was a passing, I think, during the show. What was that? No, no, no. Credibility. The former Italian Italian Prime Minister and billionaire Silvia Berlusconi's died. Oh, really? Yeah, just he's, announced. Now he's the one. It wasn't he the one who who was um, didn't he do the sex thing? I think it was oh, yeah, the, the bonga bonga party. <laughs> yes, him, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He was the one that Mick Malloy um, sort of took to his um, yeah. heart and t- turned the whatever it was the Oingo Boingo party, whatever it was. All right, bonga bonga party. Yeah, I, he died. I, oh, okay. I, uh, 
well, in, the uh, last, in the last few moments. Okay. As a result of listening to this podcast or of yeah, natural right. causes. <laughs> Brian, close the death allows we so someone else carks it, will you? Ladies and gentlemen, a moment's silence as we foreclose the death allows. Thank you, Brian. All right, let's get this chat from 1996. The ARIA Top 50 singles for 1996. Come on, Finey, hit me with your best shot. I wish that was in it. Um, <laughs> we'll get a Guernsey above <laughs> some of this other shit. Okay, number three, bad. I mean, there's a lot of bad songs in this. Um, there was one, oh, some horrible songs. But I've actually gone in my bad because I just don't like this song and I don't like the singer and I don't like the lyrics and it doesn't. Leanne rhymes. <laughs> Yes. That, it doesn't. It doesn't. By it, the way, it doesn't blue. No, it doesn't rhyme, Leanne. No, it doesn't. You're right, Leanne rhymes. No, it doesn't. She was only about thirteen when she did this. Yeah, so it's a 1950 song, Blue. Yep. You know what the chorus says? This is the the yodeling or the uh, the actual words. Uh, the actual Pat, words. Patsy Cline, I think, did the original version. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was written for Patsy Cline, but yeah, it Patsy was written for her. Yeah, and then the, and the, and then the writer felt, or somebody felt that Leanne Rhymes was the only singer that was worthy of singing this like Patsy. Oh, okay. So, to give us the lyrics, Ronnie. Oh, so lonesome. Why can't you be? And then, do you know what the next three words are? No. Yeah, fuck yourself. May as well be. Blue over me. <laughs> right. Blue over me. How can you say that in a song and get away and play fair? Yeah, very mm. odd. Well, they would have better go with go fuck yourself. Well, Brian, <laughs> that's why, you know, you wrote 50 years because, shush. Uh, you good one, hey. Fanny? Now, she didn't have a lot of songs, but her songs were very, very good. And number three, good. Tracy Chapman, give me one reason. Okay. Excellent song. I like it. Yep. Not uh, Thank you. certainly certainly it sticks out like dogs, you know, what's in this chart. Um yeah. right Not better than most of the songs. Here. Oh yes. Oh, she actually got a nice voice, Tracy Chapman. I like her voice. Yeah, good song, give me one reason. Yeah, I did know there was a lot of stuff I did uh, fast car I thought was uh, <laughs> really uh, was a bit dreary, but um no, that was that was a good one. All right, Brian, what do you got? Three number three bad. Um, okay, well, gee, there's there's plenty to pick from here, isn't there? Oh, I'm, God, yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm just, wow. It is just, it just makes you want to give up on music. <laughs> um, look, I don't mind Blue, actually, because um, my daughter sings it really well. So, Casey, so I actually might be playing that with her, but... Um, look, I think you can't go past the Macadama remix um, for the number three bad. It, it, it's it's a shit song, but it did affect the world, so you've got to give it some credit, but I don't have to like it. So, therefore, that is my number three bad. Mm-hmm. And I was really pleased to find the cause. Um, I think it's called Frontline. A Runaway. Runaway, yeah. Yeah, now that's a great song, and the chords are really good. So um, 
that's my number three good. The cause will get a mention with me shortly, but not at number three. At number three, now when I this is good. This was the good one. Originally, I had it in the bad pile, and then I listened to it and I thought, oh, there's something about that song that I like, and I don't know what it is. And then I listened to it again, then I couldn't get it out of my head, and then I went back to it again and thought, you know what? There's actually a lot more to like about this song than there is to hate about it. Um, so I finished up my number three good is uh, uh, Tracy Bonham's Mother Mother, um, which is a really different and interesting song. Um, and she screams in it and uh, yells and carries on, but uh, it, it's one of those songs where you just go, yeah, okay, got something to it. But number three bad, I've decided to go with what I reckon could be close to three of the worst cover versions um, known to mankind. Uh, and all three... Pretty reasonably good songs, absolutely been uh, decimated, ruined, killed, um, and uh, and made to sound nothing like they should sound or were intended to sound when the people wrote them. The first one I'm going to put in at number three is this Pommy Buffett, who's actually a firefighter, whose real name is Billy Myers, and he took a what is I think a lovely song by Dan Hill and uh, turned it into a, a bit of dance crap. It's called "Sometimes When We Touch" by Newton is the name that he uh, he went under, and it's just bloody awful. Um, not a bad song. I, I quite quite like the song without loving the song. But then when I heard him do it, I thought, my God, it's just bloody awful. So uh, that's my number three, good and bad. Funny. What was that song you had at number three, good? Mother, mother. Oh, because I got a motherfucker at number two. Bad. <laughs> what do you got? My old favourite. This. I, how anybody thinks that it's a pleasure to listen to her music? Well, look, I know that there are people out there that should be kicked in the agates every time you see them, and they are people who they are people who like Celine Dion. Yeah. And for all the women out there who don't have agates, get some, and I'll kick you in them because. <laughs> It just listen to how she is. Is it called Because I Loved You? Yes, I don't know. yes, it is. The, the opening three lines, she sings, she says the word all, but she intensely, she just is so annoying. Oh, God. Oh, God, that horse faced cow. Look. <laughs> Now, do you know do you know Fezzan performed for quite a few years? Didn't you, wasn't she doing Vegas at one stage? Yeah, no, she's completely stopped performing. Yeah, she, would, but she had a residency years. at Vegas at one stage. She's got – she's suffering from a rare condition. Oh, here we go. What is it? No, it's true. Look it up. Oh, okay. Look it up. Oh, no, so you're, you're being serious. Okay. Yeah, look it up. All right, go because on. I, because I contracted at about 4.45 on Sunday afternoon. Right. <laughs> Have a look at look it up. I'll wait. Yeah, well, don't wait because I've got everything. Um, Come on. Yeah, well, What's it called? I don't know. Um, look up. Look up. Celine Dion illness. On. It says Celine latest comments of uh, uh, imitable voice and heartfelt ballads helped her become. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what's this? Hey. Um, should be in it'll be in a Wikipedia thing, won't it? What's wrong? No, no, no. Just look up Celine Dion illness. Oh, okay. Nude. 
If you look up Celine Dion, she's got that much crap about herself, you won't get to it for an hour. Right. If, you, if you put Celine Dion health or illness, it'll say what she's got. Okay. And I contracted her at 4.45 on Sunday. Uh, uh, okay, it says here she cancelled her shows due to something. What was she got? Hang on, what she got? Recently cancelled all her scheduled tour dates through after being diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> diagnosed with what? <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <laughs> My phone just not working. Uh, hang on. Hey, Adam, uh, oh, shit, I didn't know this. This <laughs> is just ridiculous. Celine What's D- happened? Celine Dion's only focus is now health as she cancels her shows due to stiff person syndicate syndrome. Sorry. She's got stiff person syndicate. She's got stiff person syndrome. Oh Jesus! Well, if really? you got a fella, wouldn't you want him to have a what? stiff what? person syndrome? What is that? I got it when I had that bet on the sunshine. <laughs> oh God! I mean, how uh, stiff was I? She is exactly. Well, clearly not as stiff as her. Um, it's a rare neurological disease that causes spasms, but Celine remains determined to do her again. <laughs> She's done it all her life. Oh, God. Oh, fancy having to. <laughs> <laughs> it's got stiff oh, Can you imagine sitting I don't around? think she'd be the first performer that we've no. seen walk out stage with a stiffy. Well, I reckon it cost Tom Jones. You know, it almost ruined the first part of Tom Jones's career. Um, well, it his career, uh, the stiff, the stiff syndrome. Oh god, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, she's got the old stiff person syndrome. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping to have it until I'm eighty. It's um, <laughs> nobody around oh. Leon has the stiff syndrome. Oh, no, no, you wouldn't. You couldn't. There's a tablet for it, not to get rid of it, to get it. <laughs> oh, good God. Oh, so mm. clearly Dion's your number two in the bad pile. Oh, um, and, and the number two in the good pile, funny. Oh. It's probably the most famous song on the list, and it is a very good song. Is it my favourite song? No. Are they my favourite band? No. But in a year, forgettable year, Wonderwall by Oasis. Oh, it is a good song, yeah. Yeah. Very good song. They're not my yeah. favourite. No, they're not, not mine either, but they were kind of – they did stick out, didn't they, in the, in, yeah. the, in the kind of wash of all this stuff. Yeah. And you know why? They had melody. They yeah, – there was no f***ing melody going around. They came out with melody and said, no, nah, fuck everybody else. This is what the music we like. We're not trying to have a hit and we're just playing this shit because we like the Beatles. And I think actually Don't Look Back in Anger is their best song. But, um, yeah, no, I'm very – I don't mind that song. I'm happy to hear Wonderwall because it's, it's not computer music. It's people playing guitars and singing and shit. So well done, Fonny. Very flawed people playing guitars and then, then often grabbing them and hitting each other with them, the Gallagher boys. Um Two Little Boys is still a great song, Kev. Uh, let's not go down that track again. What's your number two, Good and Bad, Brian? Okay. Well, this one is, look, there's no great songs on this. 
but I think Just a Girl, by no doubt. Yeah, good song. It's kind of yeah, cool. Well done. Plus, this is my top three. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm Just a Girl, but her, it, it, it's, it's saying the opposite. She's not Just a Girl. She's really strong that she's saying that. And I, I think it's really freaking cool. So, there's some angry uh, well, female. There's some angry females in this uh, this chat. That that uh, one I mentioned, mother, mother. That was an angry female. And just a girl's quite uh, not not angry, angry, but certainly, hey, uh, pay attention. I'm talking type. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, attitude. Pretty, I think she had a good look too, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, I'd be quite happy for my daughter to be singing that song. Yep. You know, it's a bit self-depreciating, but it's really strong saying, I'm just a girl. That's what you think of me. No, get stuffed. Yep. I'm strong with that, and I love it. So that's my number two good. Yeah, bad. Oh, hello. He's kicked himself off. <laughs> and he's he's walking around the house. He's kicked himself off. So I'll jump in and do my number two good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very close with Wonderwall, very close with uh, No Doubt, but I actually I loved this album when it came out. Um, and uh, I remember the first time I heard uh, a couple of tracks off the album, I went, whoa-wee, this, uh, this woman's got some attitude going on, but I think she's really good. Um, so I really like Ironic by Alanis Morissette, um, and I, I really did like that album. I thought that album was a terrific album. Um, had a lot to say. Uh, and I thought she uh, she wrote good songs and, and performed them very, very well. I've got to wait for Shorty to come back in here so I can admit him back in. Um, and my number two bad is another, as I mentioned, uh, these fabulous uh, uh, cover versions. I like Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. thought it was a good song, you know, not the world's greatest song, but a good song. Uh, a lot of soul about it. And then um, this dreadful bloody version that's on this thing. Maximilian or whatever it's called, um, which has got uh, – I'm not the hugest fan in the world of rap, I have to admit that, but to take this and then put it in the middle of uh, – the, sorry, this one's the reggae version of um, of Sexual Healing, and it's just awful. It's just goddamn awful. He's taken a very good song and and reggae it up and gone uh, and talked through it and just to go, no, that's not what this song was supposed to be. You buggered it up. Go away and leave me alone. So yeah. that's where we sit with that one. All right. Number one, Viney? I think Maddie- Well, number one bad mm. is a duo. <sighs> Two songs. Oh, okay. Well, it's the same song. Oh. First of all, I can proudly announce I have never done and will never do the Macarena <laughs> as long as my ass points out. <laughs> So if, if Kerry Ann Kennelly got you on uh, national television like she did with, was it Peter Costello? Yeah, I'm yeah. saying, you know, the Macarena, the Waste Timer, <laughs> the Yora Wanker. Yes, all of the above. The, the, the get, up off, get up off your seat to every dad who's ever gone to a wedding and didn't want to dance. The, yep. the, the cringe part of every... Christmas party, the cringe moment of every wedding. Oh my God, the fucking macaroni. <laughs> if that's what 1996 was, blow it up, except it was the year I married my beautiful wife. Oh, there you go. Well, there's saving grace out of the year. We found either something. That or, either that or 95, but yep. I think 96. Okay. I think 96. Let's go with 96. 
but the fucking Macarena. And to not only have the Macarena by, who's it by? Del. Leo Rios or something. Del. Was it Los Del, Los Del Rio? Yeah. Los Del Rio sings Macarena. And then at number one is Macarena remix by Los Del Lobos or something. Yeah. I mean, aren't they the same three blokes just with fake Mexican mustache? You know, how <laughs> stupid do you think how stupid do you think we are? Well, apparently in nineteen ninety six, very. <laughs> yes. Uh we've certainly fell into that one. Uh and yeah. that uh, and and it, it it you're right. It got a life of its own, didn't it? It became like an, a, its own living little organism somewhere. I'd rather do I'd rather do eight years at Port Phillip than do the Macarena. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <sighs> All right. Now you're number one. Good. What did you find that beats um, Tracy Chapman and Oasis? All right. Now a lot of people will say no. This could even be in some people's bad, but this is of that genre of rap that did have a little ripple of there was this little world of Jamaican rap that was quite entertaining and there's only really one song that is entertaining in that whole genre. If you take rap music and then you take the West Indian version of it or the Caribbean version mm-hmm. and that is Shaggy with Bombastic. Oh, okay, yep. Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> yeah. It does remind me of Stephen Peake, who I used to do radio with. <laughs> it was Mr. Bob- yeah. Mr. Bombastic. But it does have great lines in it, like, with my sexual physique, you know me well built. <laughs> I think we all know what he's talking about. Oh, I think there. we do. Yep, oh, I think so. The water's, the water's and, cold, yeah, and deep too. And I, li- and I like the way he speaks. You you are the bun and me are the cheese. <laughs> if me are the rice, then you are the peas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's not fancy, but it's Jamaican, and yep. it's Jamaican me hungry. It is. Yeah. Uh, it is the West Indian cricketers, isn't it? Really, it's it's the it's the Viv Richards kind of. Yeah, he, he bombastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's got that smooth. He has a bit of smooth groove in it, just for a bit of fun. Yep. And yep. there's also in I, I did see there's like an in one of the animated features. I don't know which one it is. It's to do with cows, I think. There's a character, you know, it's a cartoon probably by Pixar or something. There's a character called Big Cheese. He's a rapping mouse. Oh, right. And he, and he sings Boombastic, and it's very funny. Oh, okay. All right, so there's your number one, Boombastic yep. by Shaggy, and number one, Bad, the, the Macarena. Now, Brian, you're back, and we didn't get your number two, Bad. You got Macarena at number three. What's oh, number was, two? Um, that was uh, something you make me high or something. Um uh, by Tony Braxton, I think it was. Oh, yeah, down the bottom. Uh, no, number 10. Yeah, You're Making Me High by Tony Braxton, number 10. By Steve Brack. <laughs> yeah. yeah She's making low with this f***ing piece of shit. All right. Now, I um, now my number one good is going to be Wonderwall. Yep. And my number one bad is anything else that's on the list, Kev. Just pick a number at random. Anything seven. you like. What's number seven? Number seven is Missing by Everything But The Girl, which is a song I had to listen to and I just thought, how did that get to be a top ten hit? It's just a nothing song. Look at the competition around in this yeah, well, chart. That's true. 
easy time to get a top 10 hit. Yep. Not like we spoke to, you know, one of those guys on thing and he was, he's competing against Led Zeppelin and Creedence Clearwater Revival and he's got all his stuff. This, you know, you could go and fart a tune and you'd probably get a top 10 hit at this particular time. Yep. The music in all sorts of bother. Macarena so, proves that. Anyway, that's it for me. And uh, My number one, good, runaway by the course. Kevin Bryan's right because at number nine was by – wasn't that number nine by Fartisha Adams? Which oh, one? What farted? Fartisha Adams. <laughs> well, farted for short, Kev. Uh, of course. <laughs> My number one bad, uh, number one good's the cause, number one bad is uh, the boy's own version of Father and Son. Lovely song. <laughs> Terrible. A lovely song, which I think you yeah. put in your best three last week or one of the charts we did recently, Brian. Um, yeah. And it's the most soulless, um, paint-by-numbers, phone-it-in from the box over the corner uh, version of a song that's got you know some nice lyrics and some good sentiment and all that in it, and they just turn it into this... Um, homogenised beige uh, version of, oh, no, we got all the words right and we all look pretty in the film clip and it's like, no, piss off. It's actually a song, a nice song with some good words about a relationship, not how good your hair looks and whether your makeup's perfect, you dickhead. So, well, the, that version was called Farter and Son. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. I, <laughs> or it should have I, been. I, respect your deconstruction of that song, Kev. I think you have nailed it. It's all perfect, but it just has no heart. It oh, has none. no And that song is about it's it's a really emotional oh, song. Yeah. You know, about it. And they just just want to show off what a good singer they are. You, they you, go, hear, Cat, you hear Cat Stevens say, you know, I'm old but I'm happy, and you go, Yeah, okay, I get that. But then you, you hear the I am old but I am happy. It's like, oh, all right, peace off. And this this um chart has um, a, a a boys to men song with Mariah Carey, um, which is right up right up the top uh, somewhere. It is the most putrid song. Uh, it was even too bad for me to even put myself through listening to more than about thirty seconds of it. I've never heard more jo- vocal gymnastics in any song in my life. <coughs> it just it was just absolutely shitful. Um, highly recommend to stay well away from. One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey with Boys to Men. And for God's sake, don't put yourself through looking at the clip. All right, so here's the question I've got for both of you. So let's not talk about Boys Own, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, any of those. Yeah, let's not. Any of that bash. <laughs> it's not. So, so it's a very powerful song, Father and Son. Yeah. So which song, because we're both, we're all three of us fathers. Yep. Yes. Which song has the greatest emotional pull on you, father or son or cats in the cradle? Wow. Um, father, because cats in the cradle is not a story that is my story. Um, I, you know, as, as a musician, I spent a lot of time hands-on with my kids, so it wasn't like I was never there for them. So father and son, which is about a – an emotional difficulty, um, you know, about attitudes, that that works better for me because I was always there with my kids. It was there was always time for them. So um father and son guy. Yep. Yeah, I'm probably more cats in the cradle, I think. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I think I am. I, I, I mm. like Father and Son, and I like, and I like the sentiment of it and that, but, yeah, probably, um, yeah, I, uh, you, I, yeah, it's a, that's a you difficult, that's a difficult one to answer. Difficult one to answer. There you go. Yeah. What about you? I was there all the time, so I'm 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 happy that I wasn't too busy for my son or my daughter. I think I was there. I was busy, but you know I'm slack. So yeah. What are you, Fanny? I'll go for you'll never be an old man, River. Well, I'll go from on the drugs that killed River Phoenix. Well, that's the same time. Exactly. Exactly. All right, boys, that's it. Uh, Have a lovely week, and we shall all talk uh, at the same time next week. Uh, Good luck in the footy tipping, and uh, stay safe and healthy. And if I could just say one thing before we go, that is sorry. And I I would like to reiterate those remarks. I also apologise to Brian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm going off to find out how Celine Dion got stiff person syndrome. <laughs> See if I can get it too. See you, boys. Yeah, stiff person syndrome from me. I yeah. tell you. Yeah, absolutely. See you, boys. Good night. See you, fellas. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.